Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. On air, one of your favorites. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite uh, Nick Cage movies. There's a lot of great ones, though, you got to admit. The one when he's riding the motorcycle, the one when he's hanging out with uh, Sean Connery. A lot of great ones. So when, you know, training camp is a serious business, when you come to camp as a favorite movie character, is that to lighten things up a little bit? It certainly goes viral. Life is not that serious. Aaron Rodgers' fandom of Nicolas Cage, apparently not that serious either. Right. He can't even Come name on. a movie other than Con Air. <laughs> he's running a con on all of us. What's the one he's talking about with Sean Connery on the bike? What, what is that one? What's, I don't even it's know. two of them. Yeah. Ghost Rider right. was the one on the motorcycle. Okay. And The Rock, available now. For streaming. Right, I've seen the rock. Rock. Don't, don't watch it now. Yeah. Don't watch it now. Right. Wait, wait, wait until nine AM Eastern after we're done. But The Rock and Ghost Rider. I've seen the and rock. I don't think I've seen Ghost Rider. I don't think I want to see Ghost Rider, but I do want to say that this is just another example of Aaron Rodgers having fun trolling all of us. He'll put a book on the shelf behind him when he's on the Manning cast creating the impression it's a book that he's read, can't even pronounce the name of the author correctly, <laughs> admits he hasn't even read the book. That's just part of who he is now. There's an impishness that's come out in him in recent years, and yeah. I dig it. I dig it, too. It doesn't bother me. It does have me on edge a little bit every time now, though, a little bit like, wait, is he talking real? Is this serious? Is he playing a joke on us, you know? You know, is he getting enjoyment out of it? Uh, either way, yeah, I dig it too. He is fun. And like you said, I mean, hey, it's good to see him enjoying life and not taking it too seriously uh, at this point of his career. Enjoy everything. You know, it's coming down the home stretch for a guy like that. So hopefully he can, you know, f- you know see the, the, the good things in life.
But see, you shouldn't allow yourself to slip into this mode of not being quite sure when he's telling the truth and when I he's know. embellishing, exaggerating. You just need to go. Because once he shows us that he has the capacity to troll us and lie to us and create this false reality, you have to take a page from Vincent LaGuardia Gambini and just assume that everything that guy said is bullshit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. That's all I have to do. Yeah. Right? Once you see a little, you just have to assume there's a lot. And if he happens to tell the truth, it's coincidental. We tell the truth all the time, and we piss people like Aaron Rodgers off all the time. At least I do. Although, Chris, I have a feeling I'm sure I have by to. association yeah. you, are, you are too closely tied to me right. to ever break free from the hatred that Aaron Rodgers feels for me. I, yeah, and I don't know. I don't I don't I try not to give anybody a free pass. No matter if they're, you know, the my favorite quarterback ever or who it is, I, I try to like, you know, take an approach of let me evaluate this for what this is. Yeah, I like this guy a lot as a player, but does that necessarily mean I agree with what he's saying here and all of that? So I, I try not to. And I'm sure he doesn't. And I don't know, after my quarterback rankings, I mean, if, if he saw that, he probably won't like me uh, after that either. So, yeah, there's a few things that probably don't help my case with uh, my friendship with Aaron Rodgers. Well, I haven't seen Aaron Rodgers ranked number one by many people. So if he's mad at anyone that didn't make him number one, he's not talking to anybody, period, moving forward. But that'll just be the fuel for three straight MVP awards for Aaron Rodgers. Three straight number one seeds squandered, yeah. but three straight MVPs. Well, two possibly. straight one seed squandered, right? And one two seed was squandered, right? I got that's that right. 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 Yeah. Okay. And that's why it. I kind of slowed down there because yeah, I'm missing I you did. 2020. They weren't the one seed. Right, right. They, but they lost to, at home. Yep. That's right. That's right. No, they went to well, San Francisco and lost to the. Uh, the that was 2018. I'm saying this year would be the third straight one oh, seed. Oh, I got you. My bad. Sorry. 2020, Sorry. 2021, gotcha. 2022. Right. One, right. two, three. Yes, this would be the third year. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Good. Okay. Well, uh, let's get to the program. It's kind of weird to start into the actual news after we spent 15 minutes going down the Nicolas Cage rabbit hole, commencing with our own realization that there is no H in his first name. And the fact that it isn't widely known that there's no H in his first name means he's not as big of a star as maybe Aaron Rodgers, who can rattle off or not the names of his movies, would think he is. <laughs> That was the biggest thing I learned today. You know, they say you learn something new every day. The biggest thing I learned yesterday, there's no H in the name of Nicolas Cage. There is an NFL on NBC YouTube page. The <laughs> subscribers are mounting. We are gaining momentum as people become aware. There's the music. There's the oh, video. the beautiful commercial. NFL on NBC Sims, YouTube page. Hey there, old man. We got our own space. And again... Soon we'll have 122,000, 123, 124, and up and up and up. But for now, we're still on the low end of that as we work our way toward making sure everyone knows to go to YouTube and subscribe to the NFL on NBC YouTube page, the repository of all NFL-related video created by do you think Chris Tony, and, and everyone else under the umbrella. Do you think Tony Dungy would ever thought he would be on a montage directly after Snoop Dogg and, a, and something and, and previewing it just to, <laughs> I never thought I would be for sure. You know, I'm a knucklehead idiot, but either way, it's just, it's funny sometimes. I never thought I'd be on a preview there with, with Snoop Dogg. Kind of cool. They, they did a nice job they with did. that montage. Right. And uh, they're doing a nice job of promoting it. We're trying to do our share to help everybody. No, you need to subscribe. 
NFL on NBC on YouTube.com. YouTube.com slash NFL on NBC. Very easy to find. There's also a link at the very top of our Twitter page, Pro Football Talk. We've got it pinned there, so all you got to do is click on that, and there you go. And here we go. Aaron Rodgers, when he wasn't failing to rattle off the names of any Nicolas Cage movies other than Con Air, he was addressing the elephant in the room, the departure of Devontae Adams, and the apparent expectation that his shoes will be filled by Alan Lazard. Here's Rodgers having a little fun at the transition from Adams to Lazard. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. <laughs> uh, you know, from Devontae to, to Allen, it's going to be, uh, you know, a transition. But he's capable of a lot. And the way things have gone with the reps and the guys that we've had here and the targets that we've, uh, we've you know, doled out, he hasn't had a ton of opportunities. But, he, you know, he's... Since his first day here, he's, he's turned heads, and so it's not surprising him to go out and have a really consistent day today. But he's been working hard. Uh, he has a lot to prove, I think, uh, to himself and other people, maybe to the team uh, as well. So I like a hungry Alan Lazard, uh, you know, and, and it'll be an adjustment for us, but I'm, I'm uh, happy with day one. Lazard had a career year in 2021, 40 catches, 513 yards, and eight touchdowns. Those are not eye-popping numbers, but he was playing second fiddle at best to Devontae Adams. Now, he's the one who potentially steps into the number one role. We've talked so much about Christian Watson coming through the door as a second-round pick with the expectation that he takes over. Lazard is the one who has the opportunity, and he held out, rightfully so. He wasn't signed. He had a restricted free agency tender at just a handful of millions when you've got guys scratching up against $30 a year at the top of the market. He signed his tender in June on the last day before the team could have done a hardball move and reduced the tender, et cetera, et cetera. So he missed a lot of the offseason program. So, like Aaron Rodgers... He wasn't there for a lot of the stuff that they did, the work that they did in April, May, and June. But now he's there doing what he has to do, and he has his opportunity to be the number one guy and then parlay that into free agency next year unless he would be franchise tagged. And there's already an expectation, Chris. You may have heard this. He's landing in Denver next year. He and Nathaniel Hackett are going to be together again come next year, barring something that would cause the Packers to keep him there. And if you want to keep him there, Packers, you know what you do. You don't sit on your financial offer until February or March once he has his opening to leave, and then it doesn't matter how much you offer. You do it now. You do it sooner rather than later. You make him an offer he won't refuse now because it gives him security beyond this year as he carries injury risk and the risk that maybe he doesn't have a great year. You want to keep him there long term? You want to listen to what Aaron Rodgers said yesterday? You do it now because it's only going to be more expensive after the season if he has a good season, obviously. And it's only going to be more likely he makes a beeline for Denver if you give him any opening like you did with Devontae Adams. Yeah, I, I hear you. You know, again, hey, players are always accustomed to kind of going with guys they know. And it sounds like there must have been a relationship there between Hackett and, the, and uh, Alan Lazard. Uh, but we'll see. There's a lot, a lot of things to play out first, too. We know there's a lot of good receivers in Denver, so there might not be a spot for him. And, you know, Alan Lazard's a good football player. I think he's somebody that they've kind of undervalued there in Green Bay, in my opinion. He's got very good size. 
You know, he's got enough speed to scare you deep. He's a pretty good route runner. He's got good hands and all of that. So he can do just about everything on the football field. Is he a superstar? No. But I could see this being a year where, you know, he is, you know, one of the main focuses at the wide receiver position for the offense. He has a good year, and they do try to sign him, and he ends up being, you know, in Green Bay for an extended period of time under, a, you know, a pretty good contract and a pretty good number. I could see that. I think he's got that type of talent. I don't think they have any choice but to make him, like we talked about a little yesterday, Mike, number one or two. I mean, they don't have a choice there. I mean, he's got to be that guy. And from everything Rodgers just said right there, you know, going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, which was is unbelievable, amazing timing comment there. And I do think that shows that Rodgers, that probably bothered them that Devontae Adams said that. when He's like, wait, I'm in like the Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame. This guy hasn't won a playoff game, and you're saying we're going Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. That was a bad comment by Devontae Adams. He tried to clarify. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they got a choice. Alan Lazard and then Watson, you mentioned, he had a little knee surgery procedure. So he's certainly going to be the guy that's going going to be the focus of the offense here early on in camp yeah absolutely and the Packers need to replace the production and the presence the fear that Devontae Adams strikes into the opposing defense it's 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 easy to just say well other guys will step up but whether it's Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill yeah you take away a guy who commands extra attention who keeps defensive coordinators up later at night than they otherwise would be coming up with ways to neutralize that player that changes the rest of the defense because there's still only 11 guys and if you've got two assigned to one you only got nine left for the other 10 yeah so now now you've got defenses that can just say we're gonna we're just gonna play our package we're not gonna do anything special we're not gonna roll coverage one way or the other we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna play we're gonna try to get after the quarterback and we're gonna cover these guys one-on-one until one of them proves that they can burn us on a on a consistent basis sure. like Adams could. Right. No, I, I I don't disagree with anything you're saying there. You know, yeah, there's no pressure there. There's no, you know, guy that's, oh, oh wait, we got to double him. We got to do this. Now it's going to let defenses play plays more a little bit, which can be scary. Oh, wait, on third downs, we know they like to do this or attack this area. So we could just play that. We don't care where, you know, star receiver is, where they usually make him the number one read. So they can play that way. And I think what's double scary here is, again, we knew this was not the best receiving core, you know, in the history of football anyways. It doesn't really, it, you know, it doesn't scare people. And even with Devontae Adams, as awesome as he was, he's not the kind of guy that you get scared of and go, oh, my gosh, he's going to beat us over the top for 70-yard touchdowns all day. It was about, you know, his unbelievable route running and timing and rhythm and the way they call it plays within the offense. I mean, again, last year, the second leading receiver on the football team you're seeing here is Alan Lazard with 513 yards. But the real second leading receiver on the football team with reception is Aaron Jones. I mean, so there is like big time questions here about who is going to you know, come to the, the top of the pack here and, and, and be the guy or be, you know, the two or three guys. That can really stress defenses and, and make some plays for the offense where Rodgers doesn't always have to do it with a great throw and a pinpoint accuracy and an unbelievable decision. And that's what bothers me about Green Bay. They asked Aaron Rodgers to do this a lot. And that's why I think he's, in my opinion, a little underrated in the pantheon of quarterbacks.
By the way, those of you who listen carefully to the program, and thank you for that, may have noticed that yesterday we said we were going to have a draft of the best receiving cores in the NFL, and we ultimately didn't do it because there was too much news to get to. We're doing it today, and it is safe to say the Packers will not occupy one of the positions in any of the three rounds of the draft, but there are some pretty good receiving core out there. There is. Chris, look, there aren't enough spots for all these guys on some of these teams. I know. And you could have a team like the Packers swoop in with a sixth-round pick in late August to snatch one of these guys before they go to waivers. I, and a team like the Packers so yeah. far down on the pecking order, they're never going to have a shot at the guy. I, I hear you. I, well, I, I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, Green Bay's always, oh, they're, they're trying to trade for somebody. They tried to sign somebody. They tried to get Stephon Gilmore. They didn't have the mo- enough money. They tried to get OBJ. They tried to get Antonio Brown. They tried to get, uh, you know, who did we hear about yesterday? Uh, Julio Jones. Julio Jones. I mean, it's, 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 it's the, they should just put they tried and then dot, 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 we're the Green Bay Packers. I mean, it's, it's constant. The, the, the Bart Simpson, the Bart Simpson cake gif. At right. least you tried. Yeah. As he throws it into the garbage can. And I wonder how much of that, we're going to go a little unscripted here. I wonder how much of that is just that, I know. that lingering notion, draft and develop, draft oh, and develop. Yeah. Ted Thompson. Well, right. two things. Yeah. Two things coming together. The Ted Thompson draft and develop mindset and the let's act like we're trying to go get these guys. Let's act like like we tried to keep Devontae Adams so Aaron Rodgers doesn't get pissed off at us. Let's act like we tried to get Odell Beckham Jr. to placate Aaron Rodgers, and it worked last year. Let's act like we tried to get Julio Jones. Let's act like we want to keep Alan Lazard, even though we're going to drag our feet all season long, and then wait until the Denver Broncos offer less money than we're willing to pay. But, hey, he just wants to play in Denver. Hey, there's nothing we can do about it. Sorry, at least we tried. I mean, that's the attitude. You're right. So it's an institutional approach coupled with the ability to outsmart Aaron Rodgers. And this gets back to something we said back in June, I think. I don't know. It's all one big blur. They have, I think, just outsmarted him on this. They've made him think. They've done a Jedi mind trick on him that they're Maybe. actually trying to make the receiving core better when they really aren't. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you there. I mean, there's something there. I mean, again, yeah, I think you said it right to a degree. Uh, Rodgers, I think, is reluctant to want to leave or, or pull the trigger on that matter. I mean, I think there's that. I think they know that. I think they know that he in, probably enjoys being king of the castle there in Green Bay and, and play to that. But, yeah, it, to me it's just frustrating in that manner as, as we talk about all the time, whether it's any great quarterback, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, what they got going on right now. You know, we've, we've said it, of course, about uh, Mahomes and jo- – I mean, you know, you got a guy. It's, it's time to go all in. And, and we've been saying that for, for eight years, with nine years for Aaron Rodgers. And that's just, to me, what it's, as a fan of quarterbacks – and as a fan of Aaron Rodgers that, you know, again, I'll say it, when you take the six or seven, eight best years of a quarterback ever, I- I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. I don't think I ever saw anybody at their highest level play to his level of football. I know Brady is the GOAT and all that, and that just as a fan of quarterbacks and all of that, it bothers me that he's never gotten the, the firepower maybe some of the other great quarterbacks have had. And it bothers him. It has That's to. That's what's so amazing about this. It does. Last year, introductory press conference, he downloaded all of his complaints and grievances about 
what the Packers have failed to do, to include him, to talk to him. See, they have figured out how to handle him. That's been the big difference between last year and this year. Last year, he was pissed off. And between last year and this year, they've kissed his ass enough for him to think everything's fine. But what are they actually doing? They let his guy, Devontae Adams, leave. They didn't get OBJ when OBJ was available. And ultimately, what did the Rams do? It wasn't money. They showed him the love. They acted like they wanted him. Julio Jones picks Tampa Bay over Green Bay. It's just one after another, but they're doing enough that Aaron Rodgers isn't mad. And, and, you know, shame on the Packers for not realizing years earlier that you don't have to do what the guy is suggesting. You just have to listen to him. You have to have an attitude other than you just work here, Aaron. Go throw the football, and the grown-ups will worry about who's going to be on the team. He just wanted to be heard, obviously, yeah. because he's not mad that they've failed time after time and occasion after occasion, to go out there and find a veteran who's going to make that receiving core better. Yeah, they used a second-round pick on Christian Watson, and he could end up being great. I know he's one of your guys. But this is about proven commodities who are available, and they're not making the move to go get them. Now watch, they'll probably sign OBJ today. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, you, you said it right, and I understand him being bothered by that. You know, again, we can go through the great quarterbacks of all time, and you can start to go through it, and you go, well, they had a lot of fire. They had some firepower. Like, no matter where they went or whatever. You know, so it, it hurts his overall perception. People don't realize how good he is. So that's got to bother him. You know, he's, he's been, you know, with Mike McCarthy, who everybody kind of makes fun of to a degree now with, you know, game management and play calling. And he won a Super Bowl with them. And, you know, they were expected to win the Super Bowl every year. Uh, that that was one thing I tried to explain to people. It wasn't that good of an offense. It was just Rodgers making magic all the time. So I understand that. And then, hey, I think even that, that comment he had there, you know, go, it's hard going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. Yeah, that might have been a shot at Devontae Adams, too. I think it's a shot at his own team, too, to go like, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for letting me go from this guy to unproven commodity Alan Lazard. So I understand his frustrations at times. I do. It's very tough. And, um, yeah, you know, Green Bay, is, in, in my opinion, has failed him to a degree in, in, in that department. And now you go into this year where he's making $50 million a year, and we know he's really good still. I got that. But I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be able to just – you know, they're going to have to play, I think, a, a somewhat of a little different style of football. I don't think they're going to be as good as efficient and explosive on the offensive side of the ball with Devontae Adams. I don't. I don't see that happening. You know, I could see their defense being more of a threat this year. They got a lot of talent there. They might play maybe run the football, defense. Hey, Rodgers, it's third and seven. Now throw a laser for us. I wouldn't be shocked to see them play that style of football with the way their roster looks. Before we continue on with more things regarding the Packers and more from what Aaron Rodgers had to say, I want to ask you a question. And in our effort yesterday to unpack every layer and level of the Julio Jones to Tampa Bay story, there's one thing that – I didn't think of. Yeah. And I've been reminded of it as we've been talking for the past few minutes. Question. How differently would you have felt about the news of Julio Jones joining the Buccaneers if instead of Jones, it had been Odell Beckham Jr.? That would have excited me a little bit more. It would have. Yeah. That would have excited me a little bit more. Not, not you know, not we know OBJ is coming off an injury, but what, to me would be the end product. A little bit like last year. Like, oh, man. You know, if they can, 
you know, stay healthy at the receiver position and let him just take his time here, they could get to early November and OBJ is 100% go, and that would be scary. And I'd go, oh, no, that would be really scary for, for football teams. I mean, with Godwin, Evans, and OBJ, holy cow, yeah. So that, that, that would make me feel a little bit different for sure. It finally dawned on me yesterday when I was looking at the things that Todd Bowles, the coach of the Buccaneers, had to say about why they signed Julio Jones. And one of the things he said is last year we were ravaged by injuries. Yeah. So this year when it happens, if it happens, we don't want to be just, we got to grab this guy, we got to grab this guy. Good players aren't available then. So find all the more reason to tuck OBJ into your back pocket if that's your concern. If this isn't, we're bringing in Julio Jones to make an immediate impact on this depth chart and help us from week one. If this is... This is about having depth and flexibility and the ability to pivot from one guy to the next if guys get injured. OBJ, he'll only get healthier as the season goes on. So I, that's when it finally flickered for me. Too little, too late, but I wanted to ask you about it because I would have been more excited, frankly, about Odell Beckham Jr. and Tom Brady getting together after a longstanding mutual admiration between the two guys. I would have felt more excited about that for the Buccaneers and Julio Jones. That doesn't mean Jones is going to be yeah, right. a bust for them, right. but He's I just older. think a healthy, yeah. healthy OBJ would have been a difference maker, and maybe the Packers will wake up and snatch him. We said this before hiatus, Chris. I know. The longer the, the Rams wait to sign Odo Beckham Jr., the greater the chance someone else is going to jump and grab him before the Rams came. They're, they're playing with fire, you know. I, I think it's calculated, though. I do. I think, you know, again, as we talk about all the time, right, the Rams, they, they, they communicate about as good as anybody. And I, I think the lines of communication are probably open. The fact that OBJ showed up at Sean McVay's wedding, you know, unannounced, that, that tells you that there's a relationship there. Aaron Donald talking about, you know, I, I want OBJ back if I come back and all that type of stuff. So he got a house out in L.A. So th they have the inside track. But I don't disagree with you. You're right. I mean, if it starts like, hey, I'm getting close. I'm getting a little healthier here. And, man, I mean, if Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay are calling and Mahomes in Kansas City are calling and he's like, hey, Rams, what's up? And they're kind of giving him the, hey, can you wait a few more weeks, all that type of stuff? Yeah. I mean, he, at some point he's going to have to make a decision, and it's going to be one of those type of teams that goes and gets him, and it's, he doesn't want to play for anything else than that. So uh, I hear you. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. The Packers have yet to make a play, obviously, for Odo Beckham Jr. this year. Instead, one of the guys they brought in, Sammy Watkins, he begins camp on the non-football injury list. He's not expected to be out for very long. Christian Watson isn't practicing yet. He had minor knee surgery in June. I mean, this really is a wait-and-see proposition as to what's going to happen with this receiving core. And all due respect to Sammy Watkins, the proof is in his performances or inabilities to perform since he entered the league as the fourth overall pick in 2014. He's never lived up to his potential on a consistent basis right. because he's had a string of injuries. That's right. It just, it's ne he's never been able to catch up, right? It was, it was the rookie year or it was early on with the foot injury, and it feels like he's been battling lower limb injuries ever since that his whole career. You know, and, and you know, I know he, he doesn't always miss games. He's played in more games than we realize. I know we went through this exercise in the spring a little bit. But it's always can't practice, plays in the game, not 100%, plays in the game, ends up out of the game after a few quarters. That's hard. You know, yeah, there is talent here. There could be something to him. 
you know, if he can stay healthy. But, you know, like, like you said, I got to see it to believe it, really, at this point. And that's just another, another question mark at the wide receiver position. You know, it's just not a very impressive group as you really go down and rattle the names. Lazard and Christian Watson are the only ones that, you know, make me perk up and I go, wow, ooh, they, you know, those two guys can maybe do something a little bit. Nobody else on the roster I look at and go, oh, they're going to scare a defense or I'd be excited to see what he has. You know, it's, it's just there's nothing there. Eight years in the NFL, 982 yards as a rookie in Buffalo, 1,047 in year two in only 13 games. Played 16 games, the only time in his career as a rookie. Then after that, it becomes ordinary. 430, 593, 519. He had 673 yards in 2019, the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and obviously he had a great play in the Super Bowl when he got behind Richard Sherman. Right. But 421 yards in Kansas City in 2020, and then last year in Baltimore, 394 yards on 27 catches. Never, never the guy that the Bills thought he was going to be when they made that jump up to get him. No, so, he hey, he's got a star. chance. Yeah. Got a chance. Got it. I'm not saying he can't do it in Green Bay, but health is going to be one of the the factors, and it's going to drive Aaron Rodgers crazy if Sammy Watkins isn't available to play. I, I mean, yeah, it's got to. You know, again, at least if Sammy Watkins is a pro and understands, you know, defenses and route running and how to be quarterback friendly and all that. You know, that's the other thing you kind of come away with here too is they don't even have the, those guys really. You know, again, it's Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins, the only guys that go, okay, hey, they've played a little, they understand the offense and what to do and you know how to play certain situations. So yeah, there's inexperience here too. We're gonna see how it goes. We, we are, and you know, they got two good running backs. Maybe they're gonna lean on them a little bit more. It is a good offensive line. You know, we know there's the Bakhtiari situation here with his knee a little bit still, but. Um, yeah, I, I just look at Green Bay and go, hey, good. Probably going to have a better record than, you know, than the, I think the actual quality of their team because of the division they're in. But I, I don't know. I just look at the Green Bay. And I just I don't feel like it's a Super Bowl squad by any stretch of the imagination. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Bakhtiari was the unproven left tackle when Brian Bulaga had injuries derail his career, and then Bakhtiari became the cornerstone, got a huge contract November of 2020, tore his ACL in practice as the postseason was approaching oh, man. late in the 2020 season. He has participated in only 27 snaps since then. It was last year in the regular season finale at Detroit. They shut him down for the postseason. He has had at least the third surgery that we know about, on the ACL that was torn December 31, 2020, and there's no timetable for his return. They they made it to the top of the mountain, at least to the one seed. They obviously lost in their first playoff game at home last year, but they had a good season without him. They'd be better with him if they could get him back. And good for him to get his contract when he did. He was entering the fi- he was in the final year of a contract. And if he doesn't get that deal before the ACL tears December 31, this is what we talk about with carrying injury risk. This is why the Packers have an opportunity to go get Alan Lazard. And maybe they, maybe, maybe they didn't make the big offer to Devontae Adams during last year 
in the season because well, Adams is carrying the injury risk. They're not taking the injury risk because you take the injury risk. You own the injury risk. And if the guy tears an ACL, you got to pay him all that money and you're not getting anything in return for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it sounds nice, but I don't think that's the reason they didn't sign Devontae Adams. I don't think so. Uh, but it, it's it's a shame. It is. I mean, when going and, and before his injury, I, I think he was the best left tackle in football. I don't think there was really any doubt about that. He was the man. I mean, he's really good in the run game. He's phenomenal in the pass game. He's the best pass-protecting left tackle in the game when he's all all systems go. And, yeah, you're right. They played well without him last year. But, yes, again, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think I'd rather have Bakhtiari on the field against the 49ers healthy. That maybe would have made Rodgers feel a little bit more comfortable and not get rid of the ball a few times a little earlier than he should have, like we showed during my quarterback rankings when you go, hey, people's o- people are open, you know, but he was a little antsy to get it out because of that pass rush. That's what a great left tackle does. He does make you feel comfortable that way. Um, but, yeah, another little issue for a team that we know is going to be in the thick of things in the NFC, not having one of your best players, that stinks. Four-year contract, $92 million value, $30 million signing bonus with 61.5 guaranteed at signing. That's what he got not long before the ACL tour. So that's one of the reasons why we always say from the player's perspective, get that money while you can. Get it while you're still carrying injury risk. Foist that injury risk onto the team once you have earned your contract. Now, it hasn't been a good transaction for the Packers, but that's what happens when you carry injury risk. If the guy gets injured, one side or the other is going to be on the short end of it. And wisely, Bakhtiari pushed it over to the Packers. Here's more from Aaron Rodgers on his mindset this offseason. We know what it was like last year. It wasn't good. Was it any better this year, have a listen. How was your offseason, the mindset of your offseason different this year as opposed to last year? Well, I had a blast. I had a great time. I had a great time the previous offseason, but there were just a little bit more serious conversations. Um, we had a process to go through collectively, and it's nice to be on the other side of those conversations. Yeah, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed, you know, the conflict and the back and forths and trying to find some common ground. And I think it... Uh, it's meant a lot to all of our friendships uh, individually. You know, me and Russ, me and Brian, me and Mark, uh, to be able to have much better communication. And this year was just about uh, enjoying my time, uh, clearing my mind, and then refocusing so that when I landed here before the soccer game, uh, that those upwellings of uh, waters of love for this game started to really show up. Yeah, and this is a guy who was saying back in June, I think about retiring all the time. And, you know, it's one way to feel that way in the off season, But then when it's time to go again, you have a different vibe, especially when you have an appreciation, Chris, that there aren't many more of these left. Yeah. yeah. This could be the last one. Next year could be the last one. Who knows? The way he set up this contract, he can walk away without any financial awkwardness after any season, the way they've tied in the money. It's not like he would have to write a big check back to the Packers. They're basically paying him as he goes. So this year, self-contained, if he leaves, there's money that he won't get, obviously. He's not going to get paid for anything he hasn't earned, but it basically is one year at a time for Aaron Rodgers moving forward. And it look, he's the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history right now. And I remember people saying last year, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. And what ultimately happened? It ended up being about the money. But I think 
the money was part of the security, the tangible evidence right. of of how they feel about him. He won the Jordan Love tug of war. Yes, right. That's that's what that new contract signifies. They basically admitted they used a first round pick on a guy that may never play for us. Yeah, that, that's right. I, I don't think it was about the money. Is like, oh, I'm being underpaid. I'm being screwed over. I'm sure that was part of it. But I think it's more of what you're talking about. Is like, wait, I want the security, and I've earned that to kind of call my own shot here at the end of the career a little bit, and not let you guys kind of, you know, hold me hostage to do whatever you want. I, I think that that's what it was about. That's what the money was about there. So I, I agree with you there. Uh, you know, Rogers, Rogers is, he's phenomenal. I was going to say something and I forgot where I was going to go with it, but, well, and here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. The structure of that deal too, it eliminated, see, he was saying over and over again, I want to stay here until I retire. And he yeah. thought he would have that opportunity to do so. They draft his replacement, throw him for a loop. And then it's like, wait a minute, I don't control my situation anymore. They may be trying to push me out. That drove him frankly, in 2020 to the MVP level performance that we saw. And the frustration with the team, I think, drove him last year. And now he's in a position where it is on his terms. The way the contract is written, usually it's the other way around. Usually the team can rip it up at any time. The way this thing's written, he's the one that decides whether or not it's going to keep going, not the team. That's the genius of it. He's completely turned the tables on them, and he really will be the one who decides when he walks away for good. Yeah, he will. You know, and it's it's one where, and I think it's it's uh, season's over. Hopefully, you take your time. You know, every year, especially with these older players who have been going at it for a long time. You know, again, yeah, I can imagine the season being over and you being exhausted and being like, man, you know, can I really go through another fight again for gear 17, 18, 20, whatever, and do that again? But like you were just saying, you know, it, it's you get to this time of the year, you know, or at least closer to training camp. And and you always say the smell of the grass and those type of things start to, oh, wow, that reminds me of football season and, and all of that. That's when the juices start to flow. And obviously, there's still love inside of Aaron Rodgers there that, that you know, he's he's motivated. You know, I'm sure he's had some exhausted moments when the season's over. And how could he not? I mean, man, who's been through more crap the last few years than Aaron Rodgers? I know some of that crap is his own fault, but I think a lot of it's Green Bay's fault. And damn, he's the, the, the defending MVP that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hope he keeps playing. I think he's got a lot of gear, good years left in him. I hope this is not one of these things where he surprises us and only plays like one more year or two more years. The way he's throwing the football, he can play for four or five for sure. You know, I'm no botanist, but there really is something about the way the grass smells when you get into the late summer. I know. It's no coincidence. I know. It changes, and yeah. it's and it smells like football. Right. I, I'm, I'm with you. When you go, I, I, I smell it when I just, you know, go to my son's practices or things like that for his football, and you go out there, I mean, it, just, it brings back memories of when you're a little kid getting ready for football season. There's something about it. My favorite time of the year, late summer, maybe a – you know, that fall breeze starts to come in a little bit. There's a little crispness in the air. Oh, man, nothing beats it. We'll be there soon. I can't wait. Apparently, the, 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 the sense of smell unlocks feelings of nostalgia more powerfully than anything else. Wow. It makes sense. I yeah. mean, you can smell something from your childhood. It takes you back to it in that moment. Right. I'm sure we all have things we could list. That, oh, you know, I smell and, Bacardi and smell rum and I'm going to, I might throw up on the spot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, there I mean, you go. On the spot. <laughs> 
first time I ever got drunk in my life or drank in my life, really, it was I had a friend who was more experienced than me, and he was giving me shots of Bacardi rum, and I was drinking them like it was water. And I was like, what's the big deal? This is cool. Oh, my gosh. I threw up all night the next day. I can't even smell it anymore. <laughs> well, so now I'm glad you told me that, and I probably shouldn't say this if I'm really going to do it, but since we're going to be together next week, yeah. and I'm driving so I can bring all the booze I want with no. me, I'll have to worry about open Don't bring bottles rum. on the plane or whatnot. <laughs> I'm going to bring a bottle of Bacardi. I have one. And on the set, I'm just going to screw, unscrew it, and I'm going, to, I'm going to waft it under your nose and see if we have another one of those moments where you grab a trash well, can. Well, I'm not going to grab the trash can if left. you do that. I'm going to grab you and throw up right on you. That's what's going to happen. Oh, great. Oh, enjoy your breakfast, everybody. All right, let's move on. Some folks in Denver may be throwing up when they get the next contract proposal from Mark Rogers, the agent who has one NFL client and therefore can drive a very hard bargain every time he's at the table for Russell Wilson. Wilson meeting with reporters yesterday, an exchange that curiously didn't make it into the transcript that the team sent out, but it is in the video. Here's Russell Wilson talking about the new contract signed by Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. I don't really worry about those guys and what they're doing. Awesome for them. Obviously, Kyler, uh, great, great for him. Obviously, Lamar, his situation, but it has nothing to really do with me. I'm excited to be here. I know that. I know I want to be here for a long, long time, hopefully the rest of my career, and just it's been a blessing just to be here with these guys. I mean, to be here with uh, George Payton, he's been amazing to me. I, I'll, Coach Hackett, uh, first class, uh, unbelievable mind, unbelievable way how he, how he leads this football team, the rest of the coaching staff, the players, the organization. Um, you know, this is a tremendous honor. So I, every day I look at it as, as treating every day as a new day, and treating every day as just going into it. So that's my focus. That's my sole focus, and Win a Super Bowl for the Denver Broncos and more. A lot of Seahawks fans heard what he said yesterday and reacted by saying, didn't he say the same thing about the Seahawks? Right. I, I, I plan to play in Seattle for a very, very long, long time. And look, he's just walking through the door in Denver. And it's not like he's going to start jumping around from team to team. But, but they're going to have to deal with this contract at some point. And the reality is, for any of these guys, the sooner you do it, the better. Because the market keeps changing, the cap keeps going up, it's always going to be more expensive later, unless you have a David Bakhtiari situation, obviously, or if Russell Wilson just falls flat. I mean, what if, you know, we just assume he's going to be great. What if he isn't? Do the Broncos look at it and say, well, we're just not going to pay you a bunch of money in 2023 because we gave up a bunch of stuff to get you. You really haven't been as good as we thought you were going to be, so we're not ready to go top of market. But I think... The Broncos had to understand, Chris, coming through the door, at some point they're going to make him the highest-paid player in the NFL, and they may have to fully guarantee every penny of the contract because Rob Walton, the soon-to-be new owner of the team, can afford it. And also, cap percentage. You and I have been talking about this, and I've been sniffing around a little bit to see whether or not it's a real thing for Russell Wilson because I still think Joe Burrow is going to get it in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. But, but cap percentage to ensure that the deal doesn't become obsolete. One of the reasons why I – Air against cap percentage for Wilson, he ever only signs a four-year extension. The cap percentage makes sense in a six, seven, ten-year deal because then you avoid the situation where you wake up one day and say the market has completely passed me by, but I'm still one of the best quarterbacks in football. Yeah, I I mean, it'd be be interesting, yeah, the approach as far as the length of the contract. You're right. It makes no sense if it's three, four-year contract. Uh, The percentage doesn't mean anything. You're going to get a chance to – you know, one up everybody three or four years from now. So that that makes sense. But 
I do. After you said the Joe Burrow thing the other day, I think I texted you, or, or th- I thought I did. You Maybe did. I didn't. Yeah. You said it. You said you may have. Said I may have it said it during commercial break yesterday. During a break. Right. Yeah. I was just like, man. I, I think as the more I think about it, Russell Wilson is going to be the guy I bet on to get maybe get the percentage of the salary cap. You've said so many times, you know, the Walton family, it's by far the richest family in the NFL for sure. You know, like you talk about, you, you talk about all the time, only has one agent, you know, Russell Wilson. He's, to me, about as corporate as you get as a quarterback right now. I mean, he is. I mean, again, they, they addressed it, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but, I mean, he's got – some life outside of football, too. Nathaniel Hackett even talked about it. You know, I mean, we had to work with his schedule. I mean, he does his work, and he's fully invested, but he's on a plane going here for this appearance and going there and doing this for a foundation and doing all of that. You know, I, I was told by somebody a few weeks ago, he has an, a, an office in the front office of the Denver Broncos facility, his own legit office. So it shows you that how invested they are in him. And I, I think there is a good chance with, you know, a new family coming in, big money. They want to make their mark and make sure they got their guy for a while. I wouldn't be surprised to see it. And Russell Wilson is very adept at balancing, on one hand, he all is. about team, all about winning, all about performing. And then on the other hand, I want my money. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's where you and I have gotten sideways in the past about being selfish. He would fall under your definition of selfish because he wants every last penny and he's always gotten it. After three years with the Seahawks, boom, one of the highest paid players in the NFL. Four years later, and the whole thing with going on Jimmy Fallon, who just coincidentally was aware of the dynamics (laughs) of the quarterback market and asked him about becoming the highest paid player in league history as if that question wasn't fed to him with a spoon. He got paid more than anybody else in league history. And now he's, he's at 35 million. I mean, look what the market has done. That's why I'm surprised he walks through the door in Denver and doesn't get a new contract. And Deshaun Watson walks through the door in Cleveland and does. That was stunning to me, but I think Russell Wilson, that quiet confidence that I'll just wait and I'll leapfrog all of them after one season in Denver. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he's still making good money. He got the first thing. The first piece of the puzzle was just to, to, to get out of Seattle and get to a new place. You know, you, you've discussed it before. The Watson thing was a unique circumstance of many different teams. And the fact that Cleveland botched the whole thing and screwed themselves and they basically had to make an offer, you know, godfather-wise that he couldn't refuse. So that's where it's different, and, and you, you know, you've stated before, it's the NFL's mad at Cleveland for that. They're, they are. Um, but but uh, Russell Wilson, I mean, I, I think it's inevitable. I mean, it, this is one that's inevitable, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to hear it halfway through the year or late November. It just pops up out of nowhere. Hey, Russell Wilson, new contract, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, it's definitely going to happen. Sooner they do it, the better, without question. And really, how he performs this year – may not be all that relevant. I don't know if it is. Because the argument would be it's a new team, it's a new coach, it's going to take some time. And if I were Mark Rogers, I would say, look around. Look at what he's done for this team. Look at how he's transformed the vibe around a team that has just been kind of stuck in the mud ever since Peyton Manning retired. I mean, they had people waiting overnight to get into training camp practice. There's a level of excitement with that franchise now, and it's all because of Russell Wilson. And that's part of what this is about. Look, we get caught up in the weeds of winning and losing and who's going to be good and who's not going to be good. The broader picture here is 
This is a business that captures the attention and the fascination and the interest of millions of people. And we're part of that apparatus and we get paid for it. But it's all a machine to get people excited, to get people to pay attention, to get people to want to follow everything about it. You bring in a Russell Wilson to Denver where Broncos fans have spent the past half decade wondering what the God, I sure miss John Elway and Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler when he was good. Like, what the hell happened to our team? All of a sudden, you flip it, and everybody's excited, and they're saying, shut up and take my money. I know. That's what a franchise Super Bowl-winning quarterback does. You know, for a fan base, that is awesome. I mean, fully invested in the Denver Broncos. I I got to experience that firsthand, and it is you know, again, an organization that's that's well run. I mean, it really is. It's got good facilities. It's got a great stadium. You know, it's all very easy to get to. Everything there. Uh, there there's a lot of positives about the Denver Broncos and that match with Russell Wilson. I, I think it'll be special. But yeah, I don't think it matters what he does this year. You're right. It doesn't. It, it's the first year. It doesn't matter what success we've seen from other quarterbacks and how quick and all that is. They're in for Russell Wilson for an extended period of time, and there's no turning back now. All right. Uh, we're going to turn the page. We mentioned Deshaun Watson's contract. We're still waiting to find out what his status is. Judge Sue L. Robinson, the clock is ticking, Your Honor. Meanwhile, the Browns have their plan for proceeding without Watson. Kevin Stefanski talked about it yesterday. We'll take that up next on this Thursday edition of PFT Live. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.